Hey everybody, happy Friday. This week we wanted to share something special with you. Jackie Vetrano, who helped create our show, has started a new podcast called Jackie Watches Stuff. As you might know from previous episodes of Higher Ed Social, Jackie's missed out on a lot of great movies. And in this new show, she watches them and discusses them with friends. It's really awesome. This week, we're sharing her first episode about Top Gun. That's right, Jackie has never seen Top Gun. <laughs> anyway, it's a great episode, but a quick warning, there's a little bit of explicit language and a bit of adult content, so be mindful of the kiddos and the workspaces. The first four episodes are available now at JackieWatchesStuff.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at JackieWatches, and we'll see you next week. Hi, Sean. Hey, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm 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 good for now, but I'm a little nervous because I'm going to tell you about a movie I've never seen. Oh my god, which one? The movie is Top Gun. You've never seen Top Gun? I have never seen Top Gun, and that's what everybody says to me, and that it's like classic. Well, it is. I mean, it's not exactly cinema greatness, but it is a great movie. I just, okay. Well, I've never seen it, and truly, I don't actually know anything about it. Like, I don't think I've even seen a trailer. All I know is that it's Tom Cruise and some sort of, like, Air Force, I think, because I see him wearing aviators and, like, army green. And sure. so, like, I don't even, is it a, is it a comedy? I mean, that really depends on your point of view. Was it intended to be a comedy? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's actually my favorite kind of comedy. It's the best kind of comedy. Okay. So um, tell me what you think Top Gun is about. All I know is that Tom Cruise is in it. Like Tom Cruise and airplanes. So yep. if it's not supposed, if based on this one clue I've gotten that it's not supposed to be a comedy, but it is a comedy, uh, I'm going to guess that Tom Cruise maybe is an underdog situation and he kind of like screws up his way, like fails up to the top and then gets the girl at the end. And maybe there's some bombs. And I'm sure somebody dies that we've really, really built a connection with in the beginning of the show. And then they die and it's sad uh-huh, in a funny uh-huh. way. Oh, and boy. then Tom, I'm going to guess that Tom Cruise dramatically takes off his aviators at least twice during the movie. I would be shocked to learn it was only twice. And let me run this <laughs> phrase past you. Mm-hmm. Homoerotic volleyball montage. What? Yes. What do I have in store for me? Uh, a lot of hot, sweaty men on the beach. And this is classic. People are like, oh my God, you've never seen Top Gun and this is what you're telling me? Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to go watch Top Gun and then let's talk about it. I can't wait. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen. And I'm bringing my friends along with me. So, you have seen Top Gun. I have seen Top Gun, and I have to ask you, Sean, do you Uh feel the need, the need for for speed? speed? High five, high five. I understand what that I mean, so I will say like I wanted to be like, oh, I get what that means now. But honestly, like when it happened in the movie, I thought it was going to be like a very epic 
moment. It just kind of happened. Like it wasn't really. No, they're just walking. They're just walking through the airfield or whatever, and they just say it. Why does everyone love that phrase so much? Because it's amazing. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I okay. So yes, I found the movie on Amazon Prime. It was ninety nine cents. So I was like, this is <laughs> awesome. setting the stage Good perfectly start. for me. And I watched it, and now I feel like I need to go have really, really terrible sex to take my breath away to kind of like cap off the moment, I guess. Oh to my kind God, of like absolutely. Like to complete it. I don't know if anyone has like felt the urge to do that after watching this movie, but I guess maybe like a lot of teenage boys thought that's how sex worked. <laughs> I don't know. It's ruined an entire generation of teenage boys who think that it, like you you kiss by opening your mouths and smashing them what together. Is that okay, we will get into all of that. I think I should start with an attempt at summarizing this movie in like 30 seconds or less. I will time myself because I feel okay. like this is something I need to force myself to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a timer. Okay. Tell me when to start. All right, you ready? Ready. Ready, set, go. Okay, so Tom Cruise is really young, and he plays this hotshot pilot named Maverick who's really good at flying airplanes, so everybody lets him do super dangerous things. So he goes over to this place called Top Gun, and it's a real school for people that fly planes really good. He impresses a girl at the bar by singing that love and feeling, but then they fall in love, and then they kind of fall out of love. Meanwhile, Maverick has to train and meets this guy named Iceman who has really, really weird frosted tips. Um, Maverick has weird sex with a girl and then accidentally kills his friend. There's a sexy volleyball montage, and then Maverick saves the day at the end of the day, and I, unfortunately, goose uh, guys, but uh, it's okay. 30 <laughs> seconds. Yay! <laughs> I feel like oh, I, I just got too hung up on the fact that there was a weird sex scene, and then I started envisioning it while I was recapping, and that was really my downfall. Oh, my God. And it just really sidetracks you, doesn't it? It does. And so, like, I, I don't – do we want to start with the sex? Like, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this crazy movie. I did read that the sex scene was like filmed later, that it wasn't even yes. originally part of the movie, and they just wanted That's like correct. sexy Tom, which I get that because truly 80% of this movie, I guess like 70% of this movie is airplanes, and then the other 30% mm -hmm. is sweat. Like there are so right. many sweaty men in this movie. Like, yes, was it just absolutely. really hot? Like, where. I don't understand, but the whole opening scene is sweaty men in a computer room. Then we've got sweaty men learning how to fly planes. It's just a lot of, and then of course this the sweaty volleyball scene. Oh yeah, the the uh, the uh, erotic volleyball montage. It it was all I needed, I guess, in life. There were a couple kind of like sprinkling in some some gay moments that was kind of like, look, mm -hmm. we're cool. Like we all love each other. Like there was a dude that said that he got a hard on watching airplanes blow each other up. And then the other guy was like, oh, don't tease me like that. I'm like, whoa, what are we doing? <laughs> this is a whole side plot that I need to follow. And they didn't even mm -hmm. follow up on it like at all. So that was a little upsetting. But, oh, man, this movie, I understand now as a teenager or a, I'm not a teenager anymore, but as a woman mm -hmm. who it was very young when this movie came out, I absolutely mm -hmm. understand why I did not see this movie until I was basically forced to because it really is just here to make men want to shoot things. <laughs> Yeah, the the Navy claimed it was like a, a recruiting film for them almost, and and like 
it was, but it was still wildly popular. Like Ray-Ban saw like a 40% uptick in yes. aviator glasses sales. It was nuts. Everybody wears them. And oh, I did count. And weirdly, Tom Cruise only pulled off his sunglasses in like a moment two times. Two times. Uh, which I think shows remarkable restraint. I agree. He did put them on in a way when he was trying to impress Charlie. He kind of was like, oh, I'm too cool for you. But I did not count that in my in my little Tom Cruise sunglasses count. But we also <laughs> saw a lot of Tom Cruise wearing shirts in different ways. We see unbuttoned shirts. We see tank yeah. tops. We see mm-hmm. no shirt volleyball moment. Um but I feel like I should mention, like, if we're going to go in order of the way that this kind of go through the plot in order, I looked up all of the actor. I noticed all of the actors that turned this role down. So these are the uh-huh. people that could have been sweaty Tom Cruise. So just oh, imagine please. it. Yes. And I will leave my favorite for last. <laughs> so we have John Cusack, Emilio mm-hmm. Estevez, Matthew wow. Broderick, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox. Okay. Tom Hanks, and then truly my top two to play this role, Nicolas Cage and Patrick Swayze. They all turn oh this role down. God. Could you imagine how sexy Patrick Swayze would have been in this movie? That would have been incredible. Right? Like, I'm just picturing, like, time in my life kind of hip oh, movements, yeah. but, like, in Top Gun. Imagine a competent sex scene. Oh, man. I feel like he could have handled that way better than Tom did. <laughs> Tom, Tom unhinged my jaw and turned it sideways. Cruise. I am convinced, and I wrote, a, I took a ton of notes, but I will have to read you exactly what I wrote during this sex scene. Hold on. I wrote, in all caps, what was that kiss? It is like the directors and actors have collectively never had sex and also never seen a sex scene. Like... <laughs> What happened? They've never had sex. They've never seen a sex scene. They've only had it described to them, and they have to right. make it from whole cloth. Yeah. I honestly feel like a fifth grader who took sex ed could have directed a better sex scene. Incredible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there is, however, as much as it's awesome to rag on this, it, there is uh, this deep and abiding, unironic love for this movie from a lot of different people because, you know, it's got everything. It's got best friends and fast planes and sweaty dudes. And yeah, technically, I guess there is sex. It, it does count. Technically. You know, tragic, tragic death of a father. Uh, you know, it's got that enemies to lovers thing where Maverick and Iceman don't trust each other. But now you can be my wingman anytime. Wink, um, wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, it's barely subtext. It's almost text, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel like also. Absolutely. I need to have a whole discussion. We totally abandoned the plot line, but then we will get back mm-hmm. to it. I need to have a discussion about Val Kilmer's hair in this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was It was supposed to be – this movie was supposed to be set in the late 60s, correct? And it was shot in the late 80s, 86 it came out. Uh, th- this part of the problem with this movie is problem. Okay. It's a problem <laughs> with the this movie if you assume it has a coherent plot, which it really doesn't. No. Um, Top Gun, the uh, which is the Naval Fighter Weapons School, uh, wasn't established until uh, March 3rd of 1969. And they're in California, which is why everyone is super sweaty, apparently, because that's what California is like. I don't. I can't, um, that can't be true. It's true. Um, the F-14 doesn't actually come into service 
significantly later. Um, so the uh, and the, the MiG twenty eight that they're ostensibly fighting doesn't exist. It's never been a thing. What? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a completely made up Russian question mark aircraft. <laughs> that um, was something I was trying to remember. I'm like, who was the enemy? I know they were bad no one. guys. We don't know why. They or were just who. wearing like black helmets, and we and I think they had like a yeah. red star on their helmet. Maybe I can't quite yep. remember. The, so the F-14 doesn't show up till the mid-70s. So uh, so realistically, this movie comes out in, what, 1986? So it's mm-hmm. going to be, quote-unquote, modern day. Um, in the midst of a shooting war with some country, don't know who, don't know why, doesn't matter because planes go fast. And that's they the important real fast. part. And they uh-huh. shoot stuff, they shoot missiles, and then he switches to guns. I'm going to switch to guns. Yeah. Switch to guns. Yeah. You know, like, too okay. close to missiles, switching to guns. Yeah. Switching to guns. Well, I sure. looked up what was going on in 1986, like right around this, like when this movie came out. And I guess yeah. it kind of tracks because this was the same year that the nuclear reactor at Chernobyl exploded and also the space shuttle uh, Challenger went up and then immediately disintegrated. So I feel like we had a lot of like war and explosion like going on. At the same time, also the Oprah Winfrey show premiered in 1986, which I don't know if that's directly related or not, but it's Hmm, I feel like it's worth mentioning. Um, So like we had a lot. There were a lot of things happening. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. If you want to just Google what was happening in 1986, there's a lot of things. I can tell you as I can tell you that a pound of bacon in 1986 cost $1.75 because that's a fact that I feel like is important to understanding this. That seems much more reasonable than the $6 a pound that it is now. Yes. So there you go. There's Uh, a lot of things. That puts this whole movie in a different light. (laughs) Um, But yes, I think this kind of probably fit the vibe of what was happening at the time. Um, We had high grossing movies, which included Crocodile Dundee, Platoon, Karate Kid, Star Trek Four, Aliens, Color of Money. So there there was a lot happening. Yeah, that was a great year for movies, actually. At this time. Yeah, it was interesting. Especially if you're looking for that action adventure thing. Um, uh, Other things that came out in 86, Labyrinth, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. God, uh, Howard the Duck, which is not exactly a high-grossing movie, but it was, you know, you could call that a cult classic. Here's the thing. Top Gun, the movie, doesn't care about Top Gun, the real naval weapons school, uh, naval not. fighter weapons school. Top Gun doesn't care about, you know, which country we're actually fighting. Top Gun doesn't even care enough to figure out how to, like, reasonably name a russian fighter jet because is it even russia do we even ever say that i don't think we do i don't think so and so here's this here's the scenario that we're left with the movie opens with maverick and goose in a dogfight, right yeah and uh you know in the midst of this global crisis and the carrier group commander is like hey you guys are the best we've got go away go to school see you in like a year bye yeah, um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a baffling move in the midst of a global crisis to take your your ace pilot and his Rio and like send him off to school for a while. 
Yep, especially because truly, if we remember, they weren't even really number one. Cougar and name I can't remember were number one. And then Cougar freaked and was like, I got to go. I'm out. And they're like, "Ah, okay, fine. Maverick, Goose, y'all go. But then we like, we show up at Top Gun. We see him learn for like three seconds. And then all of a sudden we're at a party where apparently all of the Top Gun guys like at orientation learn that love and feeling and they know almost like a fraternity that if one man is singing it, all the men must sing it together. <laughs> like I'm like, this is this is not how does this what? And then I'm sorry, Tom Cruise just walks into a ladies room. Tom, yep. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Just because you are wearing a pilot's uniform. No, thank you. It's a it's a it's a bold move is is a generous way to describe it. It happened very, very fast. And the thing that I the one of the many plot holes, I really don't love. the. <laughs> I did not love the like Charlie Maverick love uh, plot line at all because they moved it like in like jerks. It was like I was driving stick with this thing. Like I'd accelerate really fast and all of a sudden come to a screeching halt and get very confused because mm-hmm. she is. Now, I had an argument with my boyfriend about this. I was convinced that she did not actually know that this dude was a student for some reason, even though this is her job. But my boyfriend thinks, OK, no, he she was just being coy. But then she goes on later to be like, oh, my God, wait, I can't date you. You're a student. Oh, my God, you're a student. What? And it's like, well, no, no, duh. You had all of them singing to you at the bar. Like, yeah, how did you and, not know that? It's this weird new group of guys who are all suddenly here at the bar the night before you're supposed to teach a whole new group of fighter pilots. Right. Who could like, these guys be? What? And like, I know she's like, oh, you're a pilot. And it's like, are you really playing dumb? Or like, did you forget your job? Like, I'm conf- were you that drunk that you just don't remember how you do your job? Like, that plot line I didn't love. And then I didn't love that she comes back and is suddenly shocked that he is in school like no no duh who else is around wearing these outfits singing that uh-huh. love and feeling Literally, no. we are not valuing women's agency highly here no absolutely not except they're like look a woman she's smart it's like well gay <laughs> see women can be smart too we are yeah. progressive i love it like can you or, or or i suspect more to the point of 1986 uh jerry bruckheimer uh tom cruise hey look at that a woman teacher. Huh. Look at that. Guess they can do anything these days, eh? Yep. I did read, granted, you know, it's from like a third third party media blog that I found in the depths of the internet, that Charlie's character is based off of a real person at Top Gun. Um, and along those lines, I did want to share this. There is this man who claims that Maverick is based on his life. And I dug into him a little bit. His name is Duke Cunningham. He was a Top Gun instructor and an Arkansas congressman. And he was publicly bragging that he was like the real life maverick. The production team was like, absolutely not. We don't even know who this guy is. So I went on his Wikipedia page, Mr. Cunningham. And the Mm -hmm. first line of Randy Duke Cunningham's Wikipedia is... Randy Cunningham is a convicted felon, former American politician, and retired fighter pilot. And I'm like, well, 
I'm going to have to learn some more about Mr. Cunningham. So I literally only read his Wikipedia page, and we all know that Wikipedia is right about everything. Um, Mm -hmm. It turns out he resigned from Congress in 2005 after he had to plead guilty to bribery, fraud, and tax evasion. And I guess it was a big deal in Arkansas. Um, He lived rent-free on some yacht that was named Duke Stir. And was recently released from jail in 2013. He moved back to Arkansas and then said that he may move to Florida to write his memoir. So look out for Mr. Cunningham's memoir coming out in a Barnes and Noble near you because he apparently went from being Maverick to being a convicted felon. So there you go. So uh, New York Times bestseller coming up right there. I was going to say, I know there's a Top Gun sequel, so I wonder if that's the the plot of the sequel. (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, no, the the plot of the sequel. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but I think it looks great. I have not. I I will I'm have excited. to in like thirty years when I still haven't seen it. I'll come back and do more Jackie Watch stuff, and I will walk watch the sequel. Perfect. Anyway, so they fall in love, kind of or whatever, and it's weird. And then there's a lot of weird, like sweaty locker room scenes where Iceman mm-hmm. like does some weird like biting action oh yeah the biting action again barely subtext almost it it was just it was odd i do know that val kilmer and tom cruise i guess in real life were not like really buddy buddy with each other and that's also why everything was weird is because they kind of hated each other off the set too so that's cool Um, i think they'd make it better right but it just made it weird like and i don't know who's responsible for not making it that weird but it probably was the same person that directed the sex scene honestly uh the name you're looking for is tony scott uh who has also directed uh such amazing films as beverly hills cop 2 the last boy scout um true romance but then also crimson tide which is a uh much better military movie than top gun is enemy of the state which is great and Man on Fire. Uh, Interesting. So, you know, Maybe, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's proof that everyone can grow. Everyone can get better. We all make mistakes and, you know, you learn, <laughs> I guess. And you will be perhaps interested to learn that Tony Scott, uh, that last name there is not a coincidence. He is, in fact, Sir Ridley Scott's brother. Um, oh. I guess I should say it was his brother since he died a while ago. Uh, Tony Scott died a while ago. Uh, Ridley Scott, of course, Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, and The Martian. Um, oh, so he was just kind of like the younger brother that had to, well, I'm assuming he's younger because he's less experienced. That was unfair. But is he the brother that <laughs> had to like prove himself like at the family reunion? It's like, oh, and you did the sex scene in Top Gun. That's great. You'll be shocked to learn that he is, in fact, the younger brother of Ridley Scott. Not shocked. Yeah. Uh, But when, you know, your brother, nephew, niece, and other nephew all have their own Wikipedia entries. uh, Yeah, you got to. You really got to. You got to live up to it. Yeah. They're all directors. I don't parents. It makes makes things so much easier. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, the plot. The plot. Right. Okay. So, we are having this weird, we're at Top Gun. We're learning. We have some really like kind of like sexual tension moments with Charlie because she shows up and then 
is shocked that he's a student there. I don't know. I mean, like, I'll give it to Maverick that he's like, oh, shit, she's the teacher because she literally didn't say, oh, I know you're a pilot because I teach y'all. Like, that mm-hmm. could have been a thing, but it didn't happen. We have a weird, sweaty Facebook face-off scene. And then Maverick and Goose do stupid shit. Shocker. They, like, leave the wingman. Never leave your wingman. That's what I learned. You don't leave your yep. wingman. Never leave your wingman. So they get in mm-hmm. trouble. And again, like I said in my quick recap, Maverick and Goose do really dumb stuff, and they break the rules all the time with planes that can fire missiles. And oh, then yeah. the the leader at the, whoever they're working for is always like, don't do it again. And then they do it again. They're like, please don't do that again because you're really good. And I don't <laughs> want you to do that again. But then we meet Viper, who is like the fatherly figure. I also saw him described as dollar store Burt Reynolds, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, there it is. Because it's kind of true. <laughs> um, and then everyone is sweaty. And we see Tom Cruise in his room with his shirt like kind of unbuttoned. And then Goose shows up and is like, hey, Maverick, could you like not fuck this up for me? Because like I actually have stuff to lose, unlike you. Like, cool, thanks. And he's like, I got you, man. No worries. Also, spoiler alert. He stop screwing shit up maverick stop it stop it stop it stop it it's just crazy so there's a lot of maverick can't stop screwing stuff up it's insane and we learn later that it is because he has unresolved issues about his dead father and this is why we have to go to therapy i'm pretty sure that therapy is going to come up in every single one of these episodes going forward therapy is very important and i have a rant later about something that viper says and it is "Mm." Go to therapy, people. It's really helpful, (laughs) even if you don't think it will be. (laughs) In any case, everyone's sweaty. And then we have a really terrible insult moment where I'm just going to keep calling him Tom Cruise, even though his name is Maverick in the movie. Tom Mm -hmm. Cruise goes up to who's Iceman's buddy, the the navigator guy. I can't remember his name, but he's got a big rectangle shaped head. I can't remember his Uh, name. Does he even have a name? I think he does. It's not Hollywood. It's not Wolfman. I can't remember his call sign, but it's Iceman's buddy. And he goes up to him and he goes, hey, uh, you stink. And then walks away. And I'm like, oh, that's it. this was written by 10 year olds. This is literally we have peaked. We have peaked at age 10. And that is the insult level that we are at. Like your mom's so bad. She won't fit on the side of the milk carton. Like, that's where we're at with these insults for this movie about shooting missiles at other planes. Like, cool, 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 cool. And then we go to the volleyball montage for some reason, right? Like, we go to the volleyball montage. Oh, I should say that just before that, the reason why he made the you stink comment was because he tried to pick up Charlie like in front of him and was like, hey, you want to take me out on a date, right? And she's like, no, I don't. You're a student. As she's writing down, like, meet me for dinner. Here's where we're going to go. And then Uh the dude's like, oh, you just crashed and burned. He's like, oh, you stink. And then we cut over to volleyball montage. It's like, what? What is happening with this? I thought, Charlie, I thought that we were upset that we were falling in love with a student. What are you doing? Also, again, how many days has this been? I feel like I'm watching The Bachelor right now as I complain about this. Like, there, There's absolutely no indication how long this has been. It could have been months. It could have been days. Who knows? But then there's the volleyball montage. And Sean, I have never... I never want to play volleyball, but this made me 
still not want to play volleyball. <laughs> but you could watch people play volleyball. Right. I'm fine with that. But based on the n- amount of sweat that these this was like that was just present in this scene, I don't want to be there. It is very hot. There's just a lot of sweat. I would like to just be inside. I don't I will watch it on TV like I did when I watched this movie. Like <laughs> you got to imagine like no human beings sweat that much, right? No. So there's got to be this whole like circle of like, you know, folks off camera with, with with water bottles ready to hose down Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer as they rotate through these volleyball scenes just to make that sure is... that their sweat levels are maintained. Absolutely. And it's like I always question, is it actual sweat or were they intentionally soaking these men to try to get them? If that was actual sweat, they would have died of dehydration by the first day of shooting. (laughs) Absolutely true. Also, why are we wearing jeans and no shirt? A great question. I'm so confused. I also love, and I will forget the actor's name, but the actor that plays Goose, I love that he's like, I am not a pawn. I will not show my body for you. And meanwhile, he's wearing like very 70s, 80s, like man tank top with like a weird graphic on it and like Hawaiian graphic shorts. And the other three are like, we're sexy. Look at our dog tags. Like, look at all the sweat that I have on my body like that. It it was just beautiful to me, truly. Uh, the the only tolerable human being in this entire movie is Goose, which is why it's so sad that he uh, eats it. I was so and like I'm mad at myself for not seeing Goose's death coming, which which we'll get to. But like, come on, you couldn't have just killed off like Iceman. Like we right. didn't even like it's not even like, oh, kill off the villain because he's not really the villain. He's just kind of like a weird dude. Right. Like he's yeah. not. He's just the he's just the pro, he's just the protagonist rival. Right. But he's like hardly a rival. Let's be real. Like, yeah, he's never really going to like not at all. And because that's the thing. It's like I didn't. The thing that wasn't like pushed hard enough to me is like, what is the end game here? Like we have this like. You have to grad. You want to graduate to like go be an amazing fighter pilot, dude. But really, and maybe this is just I don't get it. If you are the highest point getter in your class, does that other than a trophy, which I learned does not actually exist in the real Top Gun? Correct. Does that get you anything other than bragging rights? Well, since the real Top Gun, uh, you know, the, the Naval Fighter Weapons School does not have a trophy that you can win, we have to consult the uh, deep, deep canon and backstory of Top Gun. And let me flip through oh, that yes. two paragraphs. Uh, no you. clue. Doesn't seem to be. Okay, cool. So that is, I think, also why, because it's like there is, and I think it's just like, guys, just own that you wanted to make a movie that cost way too much money, by the way, because they were spending like something like $7,800 an hour for all of these planes. Like, just say that you wanted to make a movie about planes blowing up. Like, we didn't need this weird half ass competition between like creepy frosted tips, which I'm pretty sure Iceman's name is not for like how cold he is in the air. It's because of his tips. Right. Right. It's got to be. It's it's his hair. And so, like, don't make this weird competition that, like, doesn't really exist and has no threat when really we just want to see Tom Cruise, one, apparently shirtless and two, blow shit up with guns, not missiles. That, that makes <laughs> sense. This this movie, if it's about anything, is about ego. Right. And they all just are men with egos, except Goose. Goose is just there to chill. Except Goose. And Goose can't survive in the world of egos, so he's killed. 
Ah, oh, it's so sad. And, and the, so the thing about this is, right, so so I'm not going to say that real-life fighter pilots, uh, whom I've known a few of, like, they they have plenty of egos, but the people that they give these very large, expensive planes to, they're methodical, they're mm-hmm. thoughtful, they're exceptionally good at their job, and when they break small rules, they are grounded and their careers end. You right. Know? You don't just pull Maverick shit and, like, flip your plane upside down. Which physically is impossible, but whatever, it's fine. And speaking of uh, of Maverick, why do you think Maverick got the call sign Maverick? Oh God, is it because he's a rule breaker? I mean, that's obviously what the movie is setting us up for, right? Mm-hmm. And like everybody has cool call signs: Iceman and Hollywood and Viper and Merlin and all these folks, right? Yeah. So. Call signs in the real fighter pilot world are kind of like nicknames in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick them. They get given to oh, you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So nobody's going to show up first day of school and be like, I'm Maverick. Um, except Tom Cruise. In fact, that's what he does. Except Tom Cruise. One of my favorite call sign stories I ever heard was about a guy named Dash. And Dash, I think, was an F-16 pilot. Uh, in the air force and you'd think oh hey this guy's call sign is dash because he flies fast planes so he's really Mm -hmm. fast right that's Mm -hmm. why he's dash Uh no that is absolutely (laughs) not how call signs get doled out um dash was dash because he was at a military wedding and you know you know that thing where you know the bride and groom in in dress military uniform this the ceremony is finished they're walking down the aisle and like their friends all in you know white dress uniforms pull out swords and they walk under the tunnel of swords sort of thing you know what i'm talking yes. about yes absolutely yeah. so um dash is there dash is in the wedding party and uh everybody's being extra super snappy because it's a you know formal of occasion and he mm-hmm. draws a sword and the bride and groom walk under the sword and dash very snappily uh, swings his sword back around and goes to sheath it back in its, its sheath and Dash misses his sheath and uh, puts the sword into his own thigh. <gasps> um, oh my God. And, you know, that sort of derails the wedding day. Uh, that is the day Dash earned his call sign and Dash stands for Dumbass Stabbed Himself. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Not for him. I hope yeah. he's okay. <laughs> Um, I raced with a guy whose call sign was drip for reasons that I can't get into on a family podcast. Uh, uh, we swore a lot, but I, I, <laughs> you do you, we do have an yep. explicit tag. So like on it, but yes, I, Perfect. I feel like we can maybe leave that for some bonus content. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's the thing is this, the, the thing about Drip's story is drip should really tell Drip's story, but, uh, but suffice to say he didn't give himself that, that call sign either. I can't um, imagine that many people do based on now the two stories I've heard about call signs. Oh yeah. And they, the call sign stories abound. So when you show up at Top Gun and everybody's like Maverick and Viper and Jester and Hollywood, it's like, yeah, okay guys, sure. You're cool. Okay. <laughs> But then, because that's the thing, too, and I mean, like, again, we've already established that Top Gun, the movie, does not quite represent Top Gun. Completely separated from real life, yes. But, like, they already showed up with their call signs, Mm because Maverick was, like, so cool in the bar. He's like, oh, no, my name's Maverick. Oh, that's my call sign. And I do love that Charlie's like, did your parents hate you? I'm like, yes. Knock him down. (laughs) Knock him down. 
love it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you anyway. would, you you would pick that up early early in your career. But I mean, uh, I guess. But yeah, this is this movie is uh, it's delightful trash. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. So we've moved past sweaty men and then all of a sudden Tom Cruise is like Goose I gotta bounce he, and Goose is like what are you doing and he's like gotta go and then we hear for the first time of like 700 in this movie take my breath away and he's like <laughs> on his thing and I should mention we've already heard um, obviously Danger Zone we heard take my breath away and I feel like there was another song that maybe we've heard but I'm looking at my notes and I'm not seeing anything so maybe we haven't heard it yet um, but we're hearing a lot of like a lot of songs, I think, between licensing of music and purchasing planes. I can't imagine how much movie, money this movie cost. <laughs> like, why do we have you to play these all the time? You will be perhaps shocked to learn that some of that music was actually written for the movie. Oh, goodness. Tell me which songs. Yeah. So uh, Danger Zone um, was absolutely written for the movie. Um, Great Balls of Fire and You've Lost That Love and Feeling obviously were licensed. Um, yes. But originally, Toto was going to record Danger Zone, and they'd also written it. a second song for the soundtrack, um, but the lawyers got involved and there was a fight. And so Kenny Loggins ended up playing you know, some of the, some of the big numbers on there. But the soundtrack itself probably sold as much as the movie did. Uh, I'm looking at this and it's like 9X Platinum Certification, number one Billboard Hot 200 for five weeks in 1986. Um, God, it was it was ridiculous. Um, wow. The best-selling soundtrack of 1986. Um, Take My Breath Away uh, won an Academy Award for Best Original Song and a Golden Globe for, again, Best Original Song. Wow. Yeah, so not licensed. Uh, and in fact, actually, Take My Breath Away is the only reason that uh, Berlin as a band sort of kind of took off. It, it was it became really their their whole thing. Interesting. Well, now I'm I may have to edit that out because that might not be true. Um, but yeah, it's it was a whole thing. Part of part of this movie really is that soundtrack, right? Because you can put a lot of this a lot of this movie on. Um, when you're on a motorcycle, for instance, and just turn up Danger Zone and, you know, gun it to some unreasonable speed and feel pretty good about yourself. Which is what we do, by the way, after, I mean, Tom goes over, I keep calling him Tom because it's Tom. It's Tom Cruise, even though it's Maverick. But Maverick goes over to Charlie's house, right, to first to take my breath away. He shows mm-hmm. up. Tom first shows up and is like, I'm going to take a shower. I'm sorry. What? I could have a whole 20-minute rant about that, but I'm not going to. But he shows up for this first date and is like, I'm going to shower. And not in like a sexy like wink, wink, I'm going to go take a shower. He's like, I'm going to go shower. I'm really sweaty. I have to shower. That's not what you're going to do. And so (laughs) whatever. He ends up showering at some point. We learn about the fact that he has some dad problems because dad died and we don't know how, but we think it's his fault. And of course, we should have gone to therapy, but that's why Maverick is really irresponsible in the air and it's really annoying. And then I wrote to myself, oh my goodness, the fact that we have to hear Take My Breath Away a gazillion times is very annoying because we just keep hearing it all the time, like for the end of the movie. 
it is unreal. We're really going to ring it out for every drop it's oh got. Oh, my God. It'll be stuck in my head forever. Between, honestly, Take My Breath Away and all of the B-roll they shot, I think they just wanted to prove, like, yes, we are going to use every single bit of this. Like you said, ring it out for all that it's worth. The B-roll in the beginning of the movie is the exact same in the middle, and then we have it again. Like, it's just the same same stuff. But it's it's a lot of of take my breath away. And then he gets mad and we see him like speed away on a motorcycle because Charlie mm-hmm. told him that he was being irresponsible. And then Charlie like almost she had is. eight different car accidents. Like she just decides to speed after him like she's a police officer and can just fly through traffic. Like, I'm sorry. Maverick is not worth getting yourself in a car wreck. Let's be real. No, no, it's fine and normal. And then she's like, I'm in love with you. And again, really fat like what are you i'm confused when how why you guys had really bad sex one time at least as far as we can see and like what and and maverick has two parts to him they are ego and daddy issues and there is nothing else to maverick literally and that's it and i don't understand like she is a seemingly very smart woman maybe she's just allegedly an astrophysicist right like maybe she's only book smart like is does your brain work in that you only get like you know, X number of smart particles and hers are all used on astrophysics and not used on like how to have a relationship. I'm not sure. (laughs) Which doesn't at all tell us how she got to, uh, you know, be a Top Gun instructor. No, not at all. Well, she's like the civilian, which I still don't understand how this works. And I don't know if this is a real job or not, that they like have a civilian who has total clearance like security clearance and teaches the Top Gun fighters. So why is she a civilian? Well, there's plenty of civilian contracting roles in in training and all that sort of stuff, but she doesn't seem to teach them a lot of useful stuff. But again, the plot is not the point of this movie. Nope, absolutely not. And I mean, really, like after they kind of decide they're in love, we get like we slam on the gas, much like Tom Cruise has been doing on his motorcycle. And all of a sudden, like shit goes down. We've got the... Iceman versus Maverick showdown. We have Goose singing Great Balls of Fire and we meet his family and Meg Ryan shows up. What's up, Meg Ryan? And then like she just shows up and then they have this like legendary, you know, the final match because they're both the top point getter. And then Ice man can't like won't take the shot he's like i need 20 more seconds 30 more seconds and then maverick's like whatever fuck you i'm gonna do it of course right because god forbid he can just do his own just 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 let it happen just be the wingman just do what you're supposed to do and then all of a sudden this is the moment where i started screaming and i wrote in my notes in all caps did goose die did they kill goose i am so sad i am so sad i am so sad why would you do this to me and it is very (laughs) sad like it is it's so sad. And then all of a sudden we, we, you know, we see this very, I am not a rescue mission person, but when they just like lifted Goose's dead limp body out of the water by like his neck attached to a helicopter. Yeah, I don't I'm, know if that's how that works. I don't think that's protocol because again, <laughs> we are not sure if he is dead. And also, even if we were a hundred percent sure he was dead, is that really the best way to take care of this? Just tie a rope around him and just yeah, like he's fine. It's fine. Or like, oh, he's he's partially breathing. Let's just hoist him by the neck several hundred feet in the air on a helicopter. That makes yeah, sense. That's good. So I'm pretty yeah. sure the helicopter killed Goose. But anyway, the helicopter killed Goose. Maverick feels guilty about it, and then 
he's like, you know, contemplative in the mirror in the bathroom wearing only his underwear because we got to get one of those scenes, right? And Viper shows up and is like, hey, why are you so sad? It's like, "Mm, my buddy died and I'm pretty sure I did it. And he's like, ah, there's going to be others. Like, what? (laughs) Don't worry about it. This is only your first time. No, but the good thing that happens is Iceman actually is nice to him and is like, hey, I'm sorry that your buddy died. That's sad. And Fabric's like, yeah, it is sad. Thanks. And all it costs for these dudes to actually honestly communicate is the actual life of a human. Right. That's all. So Goose was, you know, the sacrificial lamb, I guess. The sacrificial goose? Oh, he was plucked, cooked. Oh, boy. That goose, goose is, is cooked. cooked. No. Oh, no. The goose is cooked. Oh. Is that why they named him Goose? We should have oh, known man. that. That was foreshadowing. It was. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. But then, okay. So, again, we're, like, r- racing through all of this. So, like, all of a sudden, all these relationship things are happening, right? Because Maverick mm-hmm. is suddenly totally shaking. Because we have to wrap this movie up, goddamn. Right. It's like, damn it. We only have 20 minutes left. And it's like, uh, all right. Close them all up. So, all of a sudden... Iceman's kind of nice to him. Charlie gets really mad and breaks up with him. Viper mm-hmm. becomes the fatherly figure and is like, oh, wait, you're upset because you think your dad did something wrong? Well, he didn't. He actually saved three people and we can't really talk about it. And so, you know, please graduate. Then all of a sudden we graduate. Then there's an emergency crisis after graduation. Like I, we were at graduation and I'm like, oh, the movie's over. Yay. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, no, no. Nope. We're going to go have one more flight scene because we have a ton of money left in the budget and we need we to buy so plane footage that we just have to do something with we gotta use it i'm i'm i am convinced that the writers were like oh but we have so much extra b-roll can we just have one more fight scene and they're like oh yeah we can just start a world war at the end of it and it's like yeah that's yeah. a good idea like what i just don't absolutely know and again which country don't know don't Until care yeah couldn't tell you but then of course we go back we're at the indian ocean because that's apparently where we fight stuff and we're still sweating i truly i think i understand what a bogey is but they use the word bogey a lot in this part of the movie and i'm like i i don't i don't know why we call them bogeys we can't just call them planes enemies no no it's uh it's an it's a unknown well it's it's top gun it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna use effort to explain Like I, I ran through it two or three times in my head and I was like, you know what? It doesn't actually matter what the word actually means because Top Gun is just going to grab onto a word and say it a lot until yep. you feel something about it. Yeah. So like I understood it in context. I imagine it's like when a small child is learning a language for the first time, right? Like you hear a word associated with an item, but you don't quite understand, mm-hmm. like you're, you borderline understand that connection. Like I feel like... I can't explain to you what a bogey is, but I understood what they were saying in the context. But when they say the word, you feel the right thing. Right. I feel like I want to blow them up with guns, not missiles. There you go. And here's the deal with that is that is also, as far as I can tell, the extent of the director's knowledge of military terminology. You would think uh, they, they could hire heard some words to do this. You know, the thing is, they did. They hired some people no. to do this. And I don't know what in the world they did with their advice, but here we are. Oh, dear. Uh, quote, Rear Admiral Pete Viper Pettigrew, a former former naval aviator, Vietnam War veteran, and Top Gun instructor, served as technical advisor on the film and makes a cameo appearance. Oh, I wonder yep. where his cameo is. I want to know how he got the call sign Viper. 
Oh, that would be interesting. Because that feels like truly badass to me, not like you did something dumb. Oh, yeah, of course. And that's kind of the the fun double entendre there of the uh, of the military fighter pilot call sign. Because the odds are real good that he got his call sign Viper because he was in an outhouse somewhere in Vietnam and got bit by a snake. That's fair. Knowing fighter pilots bit by a snake in the junk. Because apparently all fighter pilots are irresponsible with their groin area? (laughs) No, they're all just 12 years old and nothing is funnier than being bit on the dick by a snake. In any case, to no one's surprise, there's a lot of drama. We have Iceman and Hollywood in one plane. We have Maverick now flying with, um, is it Merlin? The guy that was partnered with Uh Cooper? Um, Yep. In the other plane, which is kind of pseudo-metaphorical, but not really. Um, and then we've got This Maverick. movie doesn't deal in that kind of nuance. Yeah, it doesn't I, I'm just pushing theory into what does not exist. It's like people who are <laughs> too deeply into like Harry Potter, right? It's like, no, J.K. Rowling just got lucky. Like, it was just not. At least crazy. there's like some some pages of backstory there, though. Like, <laughs> That's fair. Top Gun, boy, boy, howdy. That is That is true. Um, all I wrote was so much sweating, so much B-roll, so many shootings. And I feel like that is probably the quick, su- the quickest summary of this entire movie, even though I was discussing the final scenes. <laughs> but it was a lot of sweat. You saw a lot of sweaty men. You saw mm-hmm. a lot of B-roll of airplanes doing stuff. And you saw a lot of missiles and explosions and switching to guns, not missiles. Sure. And then, unsurprising, we've got you know, Hollywood and ice get shot and Maverick saves the day. Tom Cruise takes his sunglasses off again. And then we see him finally let go metaphorically and physically. He throws Goose's dog tags in the ocean. Does, do you think Goose's wife might've wanted those? I was, thank you. I was screaming that at Tom, like, no, she's going to want those. It's a wonder that she didn't already have them. Weird. Really? Like, really rude. Like, I know that you had to, like, get over your dad issues and stuff. But again, therapy. Stop it. Let go of Goose. But, like, let go of Goose into the hands of his wife. Not for your own selfish ways. And then, of course, we end the movie with that love and feeling. Because Charlie comes back from her big job in D.C. doing other smart things. Because she's Mm -hmm. chasing after Tom Cruise. Which is just bad shit. It is. And then he's an instructor. The end. Like, what? Yeah, because that guy has the skill set and temperament to teach other pilots. Right. Because literally, if I remember correctly, there was a whole scene where Charlie was like, this is irresponsible. Do not do the thing that he just did. Yes. So Top Gun was like, you know what we should do? We should have the irresponsible guy teach future pilots. Yeah, it's it's bananas. So that is my experience watching Top Gun. <laughs> Amazing. What would you rate Top Gun? I think so I don't have a con- should I just I don't know. I don't have a consistent scale. I feel like in terms of the hype, it did not live up to the hype at all. So it was a solid okay. thumbs down on that. In terms of Overall, I guess if I were to rate it out of like five stars, I will give it a three. Like 
the acting okay. the plot line was a little all over the place but i still kind of could follow it um but i have to i think maybe i have to dock an entire star for the sex scene so maybe only two <laughs> yeah it's zero out of five it's it's not a good movie it's just a great movie I think you told me that before I watched it, and now I understand. Exactly. So, listeners, if you're like me and you've never seen Top Gun and you want to be able to participate in conversations to make it sound like you have, what are the three things that you need to know about this movie, Sean? I think the need. Oh, my God. You're asking me. Yeah. I'm asking Uh, you. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. You need to know that you have the need. The need for speed. Guns, not missiles. Yep. Too close for missiles. Switching to guns. And I think, honestly, if you just say, if you just say, Goose shouldn't have died, everyone's going to think you saw the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. If you... Oh, that's it. <laughs> to quote a different franchise, wrong kid died. I don't know what franchise that is. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we'll have to save that movie for a different day. We will. So those are the three to five things-ish bonus thing is the sex scene that you should know to feel culturally relevant and make it No one should know that sex scene. No, but you kind of have to to make it sound like you've seen the movie. Shared trauma is the fastest way to bond with someone. Absolutely. Well, Sean, thanks for making me watch Top Gun and thanks for letting me talk to you about it. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Jackie Watches Stuff is supported by our listeners. I'd like to thank our supporters in the Academy on Patreon. They are Brianna S., Jarrett S., Linda V., Paul H., Missy V., Logan B., and Tom S. Thank you all so much for your ongoing generous support of the show. If you'd like to join the Academy and get a shout out for your support, visit patreon.com slash Jackie Watches Stuff. You can also support the show by submitting a review on your podcast player or sharing it with your family and friends. Jackie Watches Stuff is hosted by me, Jackie Vitrano, and produced by Sean Flynn. You can find Sean on Twitter at WXGeek. Jackie Watches Stuff is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen online at JackieWatchesStuff.com. You can also send us your thoughts on Top Gun on Twitter. We're at Jackie Watches. Thanks so much for listening. Join me next time. I'll be watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs>